Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle, and I am your host, Chris Angle. I'm the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. And these books are available free for viewing at thephilosophicalangle.com. And if you'd like to contact us to make comments about the program, uh, give us a shout at contact at thephilosophicalangle.com. Along with me is my colleague and co-host, Rick Samuelson. Rick graduated from Yale and has a couple of MBAs uh, from Wharton and Tufts. And Rick is an independent venture capitalist. Good to see you, Rick. Thank you. The purpose of the Philosophical Angle program is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media. And um, this week we're going to discuss the, pro, the totalitarian political proclivities of governments. And particularly now in, uh, uh, with the coronavirus, uh, there is uh, definitely some totalitarian actions going on here. And an interesting segment on the Fox News program the other night on the Tucker Carlson show uh, was aired last week, I think, uh, about America being taken over by totalitarianism as a result of the coronavirus spreading throughout the U.S. Tucker Carlson, through his various guests, pointed out that the American governors of the various states have arrogated totalitarian rights to to make the people of their state subservient to the directives of the uh, governor's office of the various states. And Let's take a look at a partial recording of uh, one of his segments that discusses this. Only they'd gotten an earlier start. It's kind of a shame they didn't. Your jaw dropped watching it. But here's the striking thing. Nobody seemed to notice that he said it. Walker didn't find himself on the front page of the New York Times the next morning. No one in American business denounced him. He went home to bed, and that was it. Totalitarianism does not shock us anymore. Maybe that's because all of a sudden, it's all around us. You may have seen this tape already. If not, you've likely seen many more like it in the past few weeks. Two armed officers arrive at a family's home in Wisconsin. Someone has reported the mother to police for arranging a play date for her daughter. That's now a crime. Here's what happened next. Are you aware that we're in a stay-at-home order right now? Uh, yeah, obviously. By the government? Yes, okay, I am aware. Okay, you're aware of that? I am aware. I don't need to explain that to you. Why are you here? Because your daughter is going to play at other people's home and you're allowing it to happen. Stop having your kid go by other people's home. Are we done here? No, we're not. Okay. Middle initial in your last name. I'm not giving it to you. I haven't done anything wrong. Okay. Perfect. We got it. Yes. Okay. And that'll be documented too, that you're uncooperative. You are uncooperative. That will be documented. Notice the tone they strike with this mother. They are standing on her property, uninvited, hectoring her about the so-called crime of allowing her daughter to play outside the house. They're not apologizing for this. They're not embarrassed to be carrying out an order that has no basis in science. They are utterly self-confident. They treat her with pure contempt like a peasant. And later, the Calumet County Sheriff's Department 
posted an account of what happened on their Facebook page. In it, they referred to that mother's mobile home six times. Just, you know, she was in a mobile home. Oh, just a troll, just a peasant. Shut up and obey. Who cares what she thinks? They believe they have the right to do that. The question is, where exactly do they get that right? That's a good question. It's a question that we are strongly discouraged from asking. The short answer is, governors told them they could. Never in American history have politicians been more powerful than they are now. Effectively, they are gods. In the state of Maine, for example, Governor Janet Mills now has the power to suspend any law she doesn't like. She can seize any state resource she feels like seizing. She can force any citizen or all citizens from their home. She can do all of this for as long as she wants, as long as she believes Maine is in a state of emergency. In fact, there's virtually nothing that Janet Mills can't now do. Many governors now have these powers. J.B. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois. On Monday, Pritzker did his best to explain why his... Well, uh, my reaction is uh, to concur with Tucker. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the states or the federal government has a right to take the country, albeit on an emergency basis, into the state's totalitarian behavior, such as we just, uh, as Tucker now described. So the question is, in the face of an emergency, and it's debatable whether the coronavirus presents an emergency, does the government and the various states have the right to accrue to themselves the powers to control the citizenry? Close businesses, close parks, self-quarantine, and basically make people inactive or to make them do anything that the governor's office deems they should do. Basically, the state governors are arrogating all rights of the citizenry using the excuse of the coronavirus to do so. So, uh, actually, to really go forth further in this discussion, let's, uh, let's, let's ask ourselves, what is a right? And <clears throat> a rights, all rights exist within contracts. And, there are, and, and in any contract or any agreement, there is a right and an obligation for each party. And there is a right to receive something, and there is an obligation to give something for all parties involved. Contract has a participant uh, and uh, multiple participants. So for any participant, there is an obligation to give something and a right to receive something. So for example, if you're in store and you go to the, out to the cash register, your obligation is to give the price of the object that you want to buy. Uh, you have to give that to the cashier and is your right to receive that object. And across from you, the other participant is the cashier and their obligation is to give you the object uh, and their right is to receive your money. So my opinion is that these governors don't have such a right, which is to say that they take all the rights from the, from the denizens of their state and become akin to fascist dictators 
obliterating the contract between the state and the state citizenry, making it an immoral action. I do not believe that these governors should be able to do so because the agreement called for in not only the U.S. constitutions, but the state constitutions do not permit it. Although I, I don't know if, if that's of any consequence because presidents uh, previously have usurped the rights of the people before and become essentially dictators even here in the U.S. to some extent. Not a full dictator, but well on their way. Uh, there are a couple cases in history. Nevertheless, we have the question of what should be done in the face of a national emergency. Can an emergency give a government the right to create war against another country, such as a, or a, a war against a, a virus, a war against a, a type of pandemic, or whatever the emergency is? Can they do it without consideration of the rights of the citizenry? How should we how should we set the rules for such future exigencies? As for a war against a, a virus or other pandemic possibility, the role of the government should be that of a disseminator, a disseminator of information. Uh, and advice. Let us let the citizenry operate as it will under the advice of the information uh, given to them by other citizens and by the government. Citizens should be, of course, under the rules of the uh, to the extent that they should not harm other people or bring people into harm's way. Citizens should be governed by the rules that induce cooperation. Thus they should be able to cooperate in, in, in their business, in their day-to-day -day businesses. The clientele under advice may not want to, under, under, uh, under the advice from the government, may or may not want to enter their store or their business and they may not want to create a transaction because they might decide that it, it jeopardizes their health. But it's the freedom to be able to make that decision that is important and is guarded within the U.S. Constitution and, and the various states' constitutions. Even in the case of war with another country, soldiers should be invited and never conscripted. The government can induce uh, and give incentive for uh, for others to join, such as patriotism, monetary incentives, or whatever the incentive they want to proffer. But um, so, and, and this is fine because it remains inside the bounds of cooperation. But the taking away of your freedom to cooperate and uh, as, as protected and noted in the Constitution, should not be allowed. So uh, let, us, uh, let us take as a reminder of this, Germany, in uh, the early 1930s, after it elected Hitler and became, uh, uh, and it became 
whatever what, the type of country that it became in the early to late 30s and into the 40s. Hitler used the emergency powers noted in the Constitution of Germany to, to take control, that is, total control of the country. And once this megalomaniac got control, well, I, you know, everybody knows the, the rest of the story. So we cannot let that happen here. And the only way to not let it happen here is to never grant total powers to a central authority with no restrictions, no matter whether the excuse is a valid, important one or not. Hitler, ex Hitler's excuse was considered important, and as a result, he was able to usurp the uh, rights of the German citizenry. So enough of me gabbing. Rick, what say ye about this subject? Well, I think a little perspective is useful here on, on, on the scale of emergencies that this country's experienced. How does the um, COVID-19 pandemic stack up against, say, the Civil War? Uh, obviously, it's mild in comparison. Uh, measured on the degree of destruction, certainly in the South especially, the number of lives lost as a percentage of the population, uh, the extreme measures that needed to be taken. Lincoln, after all, suspended habeas corpus and took on a, a number of dictatorial powers at the time, um, invaded another portion of his own country, um, I think that was the defining moment for Robert E. Lee, and that's why he uh, joined the South, the Confederacy. Um, measured against that, uh, the current pandemic, whether you're talking about the number of lives lost, which really is concentrated in nursing homes, right, with older people, um, that's where the epicenter of this crisis is. And by all means, they, the, that group of persons needs to be protected but then they are easily protected because they're in nursing homes. It's very easy to close off access from potential uh, agents of infection in a nursing home. Um, my mother-in-law's in a nursing home and she's absolutely cut off uh, from us uh, in terms of any personal contact, but we can quite happily call her on a Zoom call and that's the way it has to be for the, for, for the time being. As for the other elements of society, it's pretty clear that unless the economy is restarted, um, the damage, uh, both in terms of health and, and you know, wealth, uh, the ability to support the economy we have, um, education, the damage, the collective damage that's going to occur if we don't reopen the economy is going to be enormous on a scale we haven't seen since the Great Depression. Um, so th this is a balancing act. Um, we had an incident uh, in my town here in Gig Harbor the other day that really smacks of the kind of brown shirt activity that went on in uh, pre-World War II Germany where um, 
Republicans mainly were collecting signatures to overturn a sex education law, a notorious sex education law that's been signed into law by the governor recently um, at church. And the mayor, the local mayor, sent the police to arrest them. Um, this is extraordinary. So it points to political op opportunism that thrives in an environment where, um, frankly, local politicians, uh, more particularly governors, but also other local politicians who are drunk on power, frankly, uh, exploit the quote-unquote emergency in order to achieve political or personal gain. And, of course, these sorts of abuses are going on. Um, I don't see, you know, people die in the streets around here. Um, very few children are affected. Um, and yet the, the, the extreme uh, lockdowns that are being imposed for, for weeks on end, and with, in the case of Washington State, they've been extended to the end of this month, and who knows what's going to happen beyond that. Um, I don't see the basis for this kind of extreme lockdown uh, when the number of cases, maybe we'll have 200 or 250,000 uh, deaths in this country by the end of it. Um, but I never saw such an uproar with the uh, opioid epidemic, which numbers about 60,000 deaths a year. Where's the outrage there? It, it's out of all proportion to the actual number of deaths that are projected to occur. It has not; it has fallen well short of the original projections that we have a million or million and a half deaths in the United States. We're not we're not even approaching anything like that. And worse than that is you have prominent uh, commentators like Bill Gates calling for shutting down the country till a vaccine is developed. Well, this is, this is, I mean, this is, uh, these are rantings of a lunatic, frankly. Uh, someone who's so ill-informed and who's so, and so, who so misunderstands how an economy works and the damage that would create that he has no right to be speaking publicly. <laughs> he should, he should simply be quiet. He's doing this, he's doing the country and the state an enormous disservice. He's so uninformed. Right. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that comment about the German brown shirts. I thought it was ironic in the Tucker clip that we just saw. They were wearing brown shirts. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, I want to thank you for uh, your input, and uh, we'll see everybody next time on the Philosophical Angle next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.